0: Speak the Word Podcasts, the Word of God with no restrictions, no limitations and no barriers. For the Bible says in Daniel 11.32, those that know their God will be filled with power and do great exploits. In this podcast, we will explore the Word of God together, growing in Christ and building a better relationship with the Father. So tune in to Speak the Word Podcasts every Friday at 9pm. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Today, we are talking about the importance of discipline. What does discipline mean? Discipline means to be instructed, to be corrected in love, and to exercise self-control. Discipline is the fundamental of life. Without discipline, things do not work. That's what the Bible tells us in Proverbs. He who loves instruction loves knowledge. Because when you're instructed, you're told the way to do things correctly. And therefore, is a form of discipline. But if you hate being disciplined, you are stupid. Because you'll keep on making the exact same mistakes over and over again. Continuously being in a cycle where you go through one situation and then it'll repeat itself in, an, in another manifest. So it'll manifest in another form. So it's so important, especially as believers, discipline is vital to our Christian walk. Because it helps us to be acceptable for God. We have to remember that we did not become saved through our own works. But... Most definitely, there was aspect of discipline to discipline ourselves in order to be acceptable for Christ. So we must discipline our flesh, we must discipline our actions, we must discipline our flesh in order for our spirit to come forth. Because the Bible tells us that the spirit, the flesh and the spirit are battling, constantly in battle, looking for who will dominate. So there's a constant element of discipline that's required as a Christian. And if you don't have a life of discipline, it leads to a life of chaos. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have a life of discipline, it leads to a life of chaos. For example... If there was no laws, there was no rebuke or punishment for anything you did, people will break them and nothing will happen. There'll be no justice. All that will happen is a continuous disruption, and there'll be no power. Essentially, power is lost. So, for example, like the film The Purge, it shows a place where I believe it's like 12 hours or 8 hours of all laws, sorry, being broken. So you can break any law. Most people stay inside their house and don't want to go out because that's a scary world where if you do something wrong, There's no reprimand. So if someone kills somebody, there's no justice for it. If someone knocks someone over, there's no justice for it. Whatever anyone does is acceptable. And that is a life of chaos. And I would be scared to live in a world where there was no discipline. Discipline is fundamental. When there isn't discipline, it causes a lot of problems. Our first example in the Bible is in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. We're going to read that account. And it says, And Absalom dwelt two years in Jerusalem, but he did not see the king's face. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king but he would not come to him and when he sent him again the second time he would not come so he said to his servants see Joab's field is near man and he has barley there go and set it on fire and Absalom's servant set the field on fire then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him why have your servants set my field on fire and Absalom answered Joab look I sent you saying, come here so that I may send to the king to say, why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me to stay there. Now, therefore, let me see the king's face. But if there is iniquity in me, let him execute me. So Jab went to the king and told him. And when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. Now, this account, Absalom set someone's field on fire. There was no reprimand for this. And David, the king, he didn't even do anything to tell Absalom, "Oh, you've done something wrong." So later on, in Second Samuel chapter fifteen, we see Absalom tries to kill David. So this exact same one that burnt the field of Joab wants to kill his father. So you see, when there is no discipline, chaos leads. And again, we see David's lack of discipline. David had, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he had a problem with discipline, but he did have a problem to an extent because he sat with Bathsheba in 2nd Samuel chapter 11, he sat with Bathsheba. Then instead of admitting his faults and admitting what he did wrong, he then killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. So on top of that, he disobeyed God's law. Then he went to go and commit a crime, which was against the Ten Commandments. So you see, when there's lack of discipline, it causes a lot of problems. Again, we see another account, Hagar and Abraham. Genesis chapter 16, verse 2 to 5. Sarah said to Abraham, sleep with my maidservant, so she can bear you a kid, even though God said, I will give you a child through Sarah. And what happened? It caused that child to then go on and cause a lot of mischief and a lot of anguish and hurt within Abraham's house. So there's a lot of examples. Another example I'll give is Lot's wife. I'm going to read that account in Genesis chapter 19, verse 17, and it reads, So it came to pass, when when they had brought them outside, That he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. So this is a direct instruction from God. Do not look behind you. What happens in verse 26? In verse 26, it reads, But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. So Lot's wife looked behind, and what happened? She became a pillar of salt. When God clearly instructed, don't (laughs) turn back. It was a clear instruction, but yet lack of discipline for oneself instead of you to keep on going forward you turn back and it causes a to tend to a pill of salt again we see another example in exodus chapter 2 verse 11 to 12 it reads now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out with out to his brethren and looked at their burdens and he saw an egyptian beating a hebrew one of his brethren so he looked this way and that way and when he saw no one he killed the egyptian and hid him in the sand lack of discipline moses killed an egyptian all these people are prominent men of God, but yet when they didn't discipline themselves, it caused issues. Another example: before Saul became a Christian, he too lacked discipline because he was persecuting the Christians. In Acts chapter eight, verse one to three, he even signed off the death of Stephen. So he was actively looking, and that was a lack of discipline on his part because even he didn't disi- even though he didn't agree with what Christians were doing, it didn't give him the right to break the law in order for them to be killed because it doesn't make it right. So lack of discipline is a big thing. And when it's not dealt with, it will cause someone to go off the rails. So when you're doing something wrong, there has to be a response. That's why the Bible says, again, our key scripture was Proverbs 12, verse 1. He who loves correction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. When you don't like to be corrected, you're stupid because you're causing yourself to be off the rails. You're causing yourself a life of chaos. And actually, when you do something wrong or you don't discipline yourself, learning from your mistakes is very important. So there's a big impact of discipline that we have to deal with in the body of Christ. And there's four key areas which I'm going to focus on today where discipline is vital and paramount. Number one is the family life. Number two is church discipline. Number three is a personal discipline. And number four is discipline when it comes to God. So the first one I'm going to be talking about is family life. Discipline in family life is very, very important. We're going to go to Proverbs. A lot of our scriptures are going to be from Proverbs today because Proverbs talks a lot about these things. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17, it reads, it says, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will delight your soul. Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will delight your soul. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, it says, chasing your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction chasing your son while there is hope you must chasten your children while there is hope if not destruction will come and remember what it says in proverbs chapter 29 verse 17 correct your son so he will give you rest so when you don't correct your children as a parent as a child who doesn't like correction you're causing your parents disrest you're causing them destruction the bible tells even when the command is obey your mother and father so that your days may be long the script That was a commandment. The scripture tells us very clearly. It was a commandment from God. God really values the relationship between a child and its parent. And he expects the same thing that you would give to him with the mother and the daughter or the mother and the son or the father and daughter, father and son. Because essentially it's reflecting what it's like to be a daughter of the Most High, what it's like to be a son of the Most High. So if the ones that the Lord has given you, you can't accept what they when they discipline you, how then will you accept when God disciplines you? Because... God will discipline you even worse than the way your parents will, because God is God. So you have to be able to listen to your parents and listen to what they tell you to do. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, it says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. If someone loves you, they care enough to correct you. They care enough to discipline you so that you don't keep on making the same mistakes. That's why we have discipline. It's not to do with Oh, because they want to see that they're better than you No, It's because they actually want you to do well. Your parents want you to do well. Your mother wants you to do well. Your father wants you to do well. That is why they discipline you. Because they want to see you excel in life. They want to see you actually thrive. And as a believer, it's so important because when they discipline you, especially when it comes to your Christian walk, they want to see you thrive as a Christian. They want to see you get to heavenly places. They want to see you in eternity and live in that eternal life, not in hell. But if you don't accept the discipline they're giving to you, what then? If they can't discipline you, you can discipline you. It's so important. And if a child isn't disciplined, that means their life will be ruined because the Bible says, remember the days of your youth, whatever you do in the days of your youth, the pruning years is what will implement the future years. So if someone is not pruned correctly and they're not disciplined, when they get older, they'll be the people that break the law. They'll be the people in the prison cells. They will have a wasted life all because they lack discipline and it lacks acceptance of discipline. So it's very important that we discipline our children. It's very important that we correct them. And as a child myself, it's so important to heed to this discipline and correction. Yes, sometimes it's hard. Yes, sometimes they're a bit annoying, but your parents know what they're doing. Because if you don't accept discipline, you'll become foolish. That's the truth. And you see it a lot with people. People, when you ask them about their childhood, they were always naughty. They never accepted what their parents said. They didn't like to listen. And their life became nothing. Their life became nothing. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15 says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child the rod of correction will drive it out remember of the fall of man naturally we have the serpent nature which is the sinful nature there's such a thing called um original sin which we all have some children will say to their parents no who taught them no their parents didn't teach them no it's innate so the rod of discipline correction will drive that foolishness out of the child that is why it's so important for discipline to occur and remember discipline doesn't kill it doesn't kill someone. So when I say discipline, I'm not saying whack your child or whack whack people when they do stuff wrong. But discipline can be like we're gonna take away this privilege, we're gonna help you understand what you did was wrong so you don't go and repeat it. Discipline does not kill somebody. So it's so important that we as parents and as children accept the discipline and as parents continue to discipline. Because discipline doesn't kill, it actually doesn't kill anybody. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 15 says, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed. I myself. It then goes on saying, verse 16, yes, my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak the right things. Parents rejoice, they're happy because their child will not be led astray. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13, it says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Discipline doesn't kill. So, is it so important to accept discipline? Because it's actually helping you for your future. Discipline is so paramount, and we see this in the family structures. Like I said, David didn't discipline children. What happened? One raped one another. One tried to kill, um, the father. So this is all in one family. It's not a separate family. One family, all because of lack of discipline from his his act with Bathsheba. The kids were the reprimand of it. So lack of discipline in the family structure causes a lot of turmoil a lot of turmoil. We have to discipline ourselves. If we don't discipline in the family, it causes a lot of destruction. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we see Eli. Eli was a high priest. Eli was high priest for 40 years, I believe. 40 years he was high priest. All because of his son's misbehaviour and his lack of discipline towards them. And God told him as well, you didn't discipline your children. You didn't discipline them, and I warned you. Because of that, his whole family lineage was messed up. The whole lineage. The Bible says that In their youth, they will die. All because of people's disobedience towards God. And because there was a lack of discipline on Eli's behalf. Because if he had disciplined his sons correctly, then they could have avoided that happening. But he didn't discipline them. So you can see that discipline is so paramount towards a family. Discipline is so paramount towards family and towards family life. Because it sets up people and everyone comes from a family. So the world, if there's a world of chaos, it's because of lack of discipline that happened in the family unit ephesians chapter 6 verse 3 to 4 actually i'm going to read from verse 1 ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 4 it says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise remember that that's the first commandment that came with a promise if you honor your father and mother your days will be long if you honor your father and mother your days will be long if you don't honor your father and mother your days won't be long so that was the first command that came with a promise and it goes on then to say that it may be well with you and you may live long on earth it says that and it will be well with you and you may live long on earth long life comes from obedience and a heart of discipline a heart that accepts correction chapter 12 verse 1 he who loves correction loves knowledge or he who loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates correction is foolish and stupid because they don't like to listen but when you obey your parents it's causing longevity for you. It's even at your benefit. It's not at theirs because they've already lived their life. They're helping you for your future. But nevertheless, with parents as well, they it's not to be um, harmful to your children because Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and admission of the Lord. So obviously as parents, it's not that they just will be angering you too; they can discipline you, because that doesn't really make sense. But when they see someone do something wrong, if I can see someone punching someone, should I just smile and turn the other way as a parent? No, I have to correct it. You have to correct it. If not, they're going to be reckless and keep on disobeying. And disobedience starts at home. So if they're disobeying at home, they'll disobey in the real world. And I said already, they'll end up in the prison cells. They'll be the people that are committing crimes, heinous crimes, all because they didn't listen. And... Let me tell you something. Discipline is something that's embedded in you. Once you discipline somebody, it never departs from you. Ask a lot of African children. I'm African myself. Ask a lot of them. We remember some of the beatings we got when we were younger. And it's not because necessarily of the pain, but we remember the feeling, and we didn't want to go through that again. We didn't want to get go through that, those embarrassing moments, I would say, when we got in trouble. Because we didn't like it. We didn't like the feeling. So now we won't do the same thing that we will do when we were younger and it has stayed with us for life it hasn't departed so now I'm the age of 20 I haven't lost all these things of discipline they're still with me now so discipline is very important it doesn't leave the child once they've got it it stays with them forever Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 and it says train up your child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it you will not depart from discipline for training trained in it it's actually something that will continue to be embedded in you all the time So discipline is so important and paramount as a Christian, especially even if you're not a Christian, but as a Christian, it's even more important because the Bible instructs us to do this. Next thing we're going to go into is church discipline. Ooh, church discipline is very, very important. God has given key people in the church roles. These people are not above anybody. They have just been given place of position. For example, if you have a company, you're going to have a founder. You can't be the founder if you didn't start the company. So you can't then say, I want to be the founder. No, because you didn't start the company. But yes, you can be a business associate. Maybe you can be CEO. Yes, you can go there. But it doesn't make the founder above anybody else. He's just the one that started the company. So in church, it's the same way. We don't have, oh, um, the one that's better than anyone because we're all children in the sight of God. But there's definitely key roles that people have been given. And God has appointed these people. It's not by chance or by accident someone's a pastor. It's not by chance or accident that someone's a deacon. It's not by chance or accident that someone's um, an associate pastor, a minister, an evangelist. These are all roles that God has designed and he has actually appointed people to be in, appointed into leadership. So we as children of God, we also have to obey church leadership and church discipline. If you see in Leviticus chapter 7 verse thirty to 36, it reads... His own hand shall bring up the offerings made by the fire to the Lord. The fat will with the breast he shall bring, that the breast may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. And the priest shall burn the fat on the altar. But the breast shall be aaron's and his sons. Hold on, it says the priest shall burn the fat on the altar. So it didn't say anyone can burn it. It said the priest. So the priest has an appointed role. And then it then said a certain part will be given to Aaron and his sons. And Aaron and his sons were the Levites. So that was their job. So there was a key thing that they had been given to do. That was their job. So if now someone who is not a Levite or a priest would offer a burnt offering or offer a peace offering to God when it wasn't their role, according to the um, Mosaic law, isn't it wrong? Should they not be disciplined? And that's what God did with Saul. God disciplined Saul and he made him no longer become king because you know you're not supposed to give burnt offerings or peace offerings to God if you're not a Levite and it's not your appointed role. That was Samuel's role. But Saul did it in the heat of a, of panic. He did it. That's something that God has clearly told us not to do. And yet someone has disobeyed it. And that's church discipline. Because if Saul had not been disciplined, it would have been like, oh, maybe you can do whatever you want. You can do anything concerning the church, which is not right. You will be disciplined for it. And another example is what Eli's sons. They were doing taking other parts of the offering that wasn't for them. And they had to be disciplined. But Eli failed to discipline them. So God had to intervene. That's a funny aspect. God will always give the people who are responsible for discipline the chance to discipline the people. But if they don't, he will intervene. God will always intervene. And even for the leaders, there's clear requirements for leaders in church. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 12, and again in Titus chapter 1, verse 5 to 9, it gives clear instructions about who a leader should be in a church, what their attributes should be, what they should be like. So there's no room of confusion. So then, if as a pastor let's say i'm a pastor and i see um an apostle or a deacon do something and i correct them it's not it's not me correcting you to scripture because scripture has given clear clear instructions of what you should be like i'm going to read the titus account Titus chapter 1 verse 5 to 9 it reads for this reason i left you in crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as i commanded you If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordinate. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict it. So there's a key role that bishops play. There's a key role all elders play. There's a key role that deacons play. And if they're not doing this role correctly, therefore they cannot convict and exhort people who contradict it. They can't deal with these people because they too haven't actually met the requirements. If you read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says in verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Four things. It's given for doctrine, to teach. It's given for reproof, so when someone does something, to check them on it, to correct people when they've done something wrong, and for instruction. So three of these things have to do with discipline. So church discipline is very important. In a church, when something is going wrong, you need to discipline, because if not, it sets an example. If you read in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 10, we see Ananias and Sapphira. Nobody asked them to sell their property. They chose to. What they were doing at the time was, if they sell something, they were giving everything they they got from that selling towards the ministry of the church. Now, they lied to Peter, but they were actually anti-spirit of God. And the reason why there was a discipline for them and they were killed is because if they had done that and nothing happened, it would have set a culture in the church. And this is in the very early stages of the Christian way or the Christian walk. It would have set a standard in church where people can do what they want and they think they can get away with it. Because if they had gotten away with it, they will tell told other people, do you know what, we didn't give everything, we kept some and we got away with it, you should do it. And then people will start doing it and it caused a habit in the church. It caused something to habit. But Peter was sensitive to the spirit and that's why it's so important as leaders as well not only for the people who are being disciplined but the ones that are supposed to give the discipline to be sensitive to be watchful to be alert to see what's going on in the church because the minute one thing is out of line it causes other people to step out of line and before you know it you've got people doing what they want and living a life how they want to live it which isn't right because that's not how god has made it god has made it that you accept him and once you've accepted him then you're put under a leadership. And that leader that's even leading you, they also will be um, judged by God as well for what they do as a leader. So it's not an individualistic thing. And leaders, their job is to unite the people. I, leaders are actually supposed to be uniting people together. Matthew 18, verse 15 to 20. It says that, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you and you have gained your brother, but if he did not hear you, take with you one or two that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear him, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be like your heather and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done in heaven. For when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus said to the people, And he said that when something goes on in the church, talk to your brother, but then bring in the two witnesses. Who will those two witnesses be? They'll be people of influence in the church and therefore then tell the church as in everybody else. So it's so important. Church discipline is not something you can sweep under the carpet because when you sweep under the carpet, when it's all revealed, it causes so much chaos. And we see this a lot when people are living carnal lives as Christians and then it gets infiltrated into the church. And what happens then? It causes a lot of disharmony. It causes people to have church hurt which is not something we want. And that's not in part of God's inclusion plan. It's really not. So discipline is so important. And the people that are leaders, they unite the people together. They bring them together. So that people who, when they sin, they will actually be perfectly formed together with the same mind. That's what 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you will all speak the same thing and that there'll be no division among you, but you'll be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So leaders bring the people together. They bring them into inclusion. They bring them into things so that they'll be together in one accord. They unite the people together. Again, we see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. In regards to church discipline, what happens when there's false teachers or disobedient teachers? They have to be called out. There is no way when someone is speaking false words, and this even as a leader, we as a church sit back and relax. No, there is no way. The first scripture I'm going to go to is Ezekiel, chapter 34, verse 2 to 10. And it says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel and prophesy, say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? That is the role of a leader, to feed the flock. If a leader is not doing this, and what is it, what is feeding? Feed the word of God. Because remember what I said in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. The word of God is therefore doctrine so it's there to teach people and feed them but instead they eat the fat and close themselves the wool and source the fatlings and do not feed the flock and god will rebuke these people in verse 10 it says something very key in ezekiel chapter 34 verse 10 it says thus says the lord behold i am against the shepherds and i will require my flock at their hand i will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more for i will deliver my flock from their mouths and they may no longer be food for them. So God will actually remove these people. So leaders have a very important role. And as believers ourselves, we have a requirement. And when we see false teaching, we must call it out. Because false teaching leads people astray. And that's one thing that discipline does. When discipline is executed, it causes people to live a wayward life. And that's why as a believer as well, when you see your brother or sister falling into sin, falling into temptation, you're supposed to encourage them to take them out of it. Because if you're letting them keep on falling, then what happens then? everyone's just falling and nobody's able to be redeemed no we must be watchful and look out as a church we must care for our brothers and sisters it's actually a requirement and fundamental as a believer to actually do these things i urge each and every one of us listening to this podcast that when you see your brother and sister in sin don't let them be there i'm going to give another few examples of other scriptures which will be much help as well galatians chapter 2 verse 11 to 16 2 timothy chapter 4 verse 10 and 14 jonah chapter 1 verse 1 to 16 jude verse 4 jude 12 to 16. So these are some scriptures that will help you to understand why church discipline is so important. We can't let false teachers be teaching because what happens is they teach people and lead them away from the truth. They'll tell them that to actually be, to actually be a Christian is oh you've got to pay your tithes. Yes, that's all part of being a Christian, but actually to be a Christian is to accept Jesus Christ, the discipline aspect from not accepting Jesus Christ is seen through not having eternal life, and that's so important. And I don't want to see anybody live a life where they think they've got something, when they actually haven't got anything. And the Bible says it clearly in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? What does it profit somebody to gain everything in this world, which is only temporary, when there's another life to come, which is eternal? And the reason why I tell people about hell is not to scare people, but it's actually a form of discipline. It's actually God's discipline, but eternal discipline. And you don't have to go through that if you just accept Jesus Christ. You don't have to go through eternal discipline. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about personal discipline and discipline when it comes to God but you still have the opportunity to give your life to Christ today it's never too late don't hesitate because you think that you've got time so many people thought they had time and they're now gone time is not something that you control remember that time is not something you control but what you can control is your acceptance of Jesus Christ through the spirit rejuvenating you and change your mindset you've heard these words that's penetrated your heart that is Jesus Christ calling out to you saying come unto me Or ye, ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How can you have rest if you don't accept Jesus Christ? Don't wait for another opportunity. Don't wait for next week's episode to say that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. This is the time. The time is now. Accept him. Do not delay in this process. If you want to make that bold step, and you want to make that declaration today, you can say a prayer with me, and God will literally write your name down in the book of life as you accept it. Truly believe in your heart, because the Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It has to be a public declaration this can be your bedroom it can be with a company of people it doesn't matter but really believe in your heart and accept jesus christ let's pray heavenly father i come to you today because i am a sinner i've turned away from the truth but i now know the truth which is in you i accept you to be lord and savior that you died on the cross you were buried and you resurrected on the third day for my sins lord i pray in your holy name that I will no longer live a life of disobedience to your will, but actually live a, a life of obedience to your every word. Grant me a heart that is disciplined. Grant me a heart that accepts the will of the Lord and everything you say concerning me. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour, and I accept all you have done on the cross for me. Today and for the rest of my life, I live each and every day for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, my Saviour, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you're blessed by today's episode of Speak the Word Podcast. If you have been blessed by this episode and you would love to share your testimony or you have been saved, please email us at speakthewordpodcastgmail.com at so we can share this with everybody else and share how you've been blessed by this platform. God bless.